And um, I'm going to try my hardest as a Pentecostal preacher to be done by noon because we promised that we would have a one-hour service today. Um, and, but I'm going to do my best and we'll just relax and have God's presence here. So if you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1 and, and then we'll read a little bit in Luke chapter 2, Luke 1 and 2. And so some of you this morning, as we're talking about Christmas, Luke uh, 1 and then Luke 2, Luke 1, 26 through 30. Oh, let me find it here. Luke 1, 26 through 30. It says this. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to, <clears throat> excuse me, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Then if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2. And um, Luke chapter 2. I may not read all of this. I might. I guess I will. I'll read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. This is the account of the, uh, the shepherds and the angels coming to them. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men to whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. Let's pray. Father, let the word today speak to us. This morning, as as we're heading into Christmas again, I know many are stressed here. They're stressed about time off and gifts and bills and life. And and so, Lord, this morning, help us to stop for a few moments and recognize that the birth of Jesus is a time for us to celebrate, to celebrate life, to celebrate eternal life, to celebrate true hope and true joy. And so this morning, would you, Holy Spirit, speak to us as we give you time this morning. Let the Word of God come alive. Presence, Father, we want to come into your presence to bring you, Lord, our lives. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, before I also forget, we have a Christmas Eve candlelight service tomorrow night here at 6.30. Uh, we'd love for you to come. Uh, bring your family and friends and your neighbors and coworkers if they're looking for something like that as well. Okay, why is Christmas such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal? It's about Jesus, right? What this, this, I mean, every, every, there's many holidays. In fact, if, if you look on a calendar, there's a lot of holidays I didn't even know existed. Uh, there's probably a holiday of, of, of every day of the week for something, but, but most holidays just last how many days? One day, right? Come on, you're, some of you are, like, are already like sleeping on eggnog over, overflow or something. 
But, but Christmas doesn't just get one day. It gets a long time, doesn't it? When do we start talking about Christmas? Way back, October. But you see, but why is that? Why is, why is it such a big deal? Why is Christmas... Think about it. During the Christmas season, billions of people set aside their normal routines to decorate their homes, to send greeting cards, to buy gifts, to go to Christmas parties, to attend church services, to sing Christmas songs, to watch TV, Christmas specials, travel long distances, to be with family. Because Christmas is important. Why? Because it's about Jesus. Because Jesus came and He interrupted our lives. Thank God for that. And it's a time for us to celebrate. I know that, again, it's a stressful time. The economy, this and that and all that. But Jesus came during a very similar time to the people of Israel at the time and even to the, to the Romans and to all nations that they came at a hard time in, in, in history. At a time that they should celebrate. And so, 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 so Mary and Joseph and these shepherds, they celebrated. You see, your birthday is important, but your birthday, check this out, your birthday is dated upon the birth of Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Because I know, I know they're trying to get away with it, but there's still the AD, and I know they changed it to BCE now and all that, but, but, but our calendar, the, the calendar in the world, is still dated off of Jesus. 2012, supposedly 2012 years ago, Jesus was born. Okay? And so, so your birth date is, is dated off his birth. Isn't that exciting? No, it's exciting. But you see, for, for some Christmas brings depression, discouragement, stress, some people endure Christmas. They have to go to endless Christmas parties, have to spend time with your oddball relatives. You know, those ones you haven't seen in months or years, and, or you, you deal with them, or you have to eat certain foods that you don't like or you do like. Maybe this year hasn't been a banner year for you. Maybe it's been a, a tough year, a tough couple of years. But I want this morning to say, you know what? Jesus can change that for us. It's a time for us to celebrate. Think about, again, the children of Israel. They were in bondage, and Jesus is a Christmas party. Celebration for us to celebrate. So this, this day, from this day on, I want you to be encouraged and say, you know what? When I say Merry Christmas, I'm saying Happy Birthday Jesus and I'm saying, thank you Jesus for setting me free. Amen? That I have something to celebrate. So the first thing is this, right? If you have it on your notes, um, number one, Christmas is a time to celebrate that God loves you. Think about that. God loves you. Amen? You know the scriptures. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That is something to celebrate. Come on, think about that. You're not going to die and go to hell. You're not going to die and cease to exist. You're going to go and be with Jesus in heaven forever. Your sins are forgiven. You're, you have new life. That's a reason to celebrate. Amen? God loves you so much that He came to be with you as a human. And He endured the things that we endured and he came to give us life. And, and he, gives, he gives you so much. Think about the good things God gives you. You're not an animal, right? Even though sometimes people can act like animals, but you're not an animal. You're a sentient being. You have cognitive thought. You can, you can deduce things. You can, you can decide one day, hey, I'm going to eat Mexican food. I'm going to eat Indian food. Can you think about that? Think about how much God loves you just by this alone. I know some of you are hungry. I always love, I love food. I love to eat. And I thank God that he gives us taste buds. I mean, God didn't have to give you taste buds, right? You could have just ate this, this gooey stuff every day, just eat nutrients, and it could have just given you nutrients. But God gave you taste buds that you could enjoy spicy curry and nice kimchi or chipotle or, you know, a donut or whatever. Did you, isn't that awesome? You can enjoy coffee. I mean, God gives you, if you go outside and you look at all the trees and you're like, well, it's all dark out there. Just don't be so ball humbug, okay? 
the, the, the many animals out there, birds, and, and every day they're discovering new animals. I know that people are saying that animals are becoming extinct, but every day scientists are finding new animals and creatures. You go out to the ocean and you see the, the vastness of God's glory. You see the mountains. I mean, look at all the things that God just showers us with love. Isn't that awesome? So think about that. God loves us so much by, just by observing all the phenomena. He didn't have to do that, but He did it for us. He didn't have to love us, but he did send his son to die for us. Isn't that exciting? So the second thing is, the entire reason for Christmas is the love of God. And then the second thing, letter B to that, is God is love. God just doesn't have love. Think about that. God is love. The reason you can love and you can endure and you can forgive is because God is in your heart. And his love is in you. Because otherwise, it would be hard for us to deal with other people, wouldn't it be? It would be hard to live with other people unless the love of God is in you. Now, sometimes it's a struggle, but overall the love of God is in us. His love is the essence of His character. It's His nature. God is a God of love. Amen? In fact, Psalm 145.9, it says, The Lord is good to all and has compassion in all He has made. Did you hear that? He has compassion. He's not here to, to, to rub you out. He's here to give you life. Isn't that exciting? It's about love. He has purpose for you. And th- think about this. Every star system, every planet, every human, every plant, every animal was created out of God's compassion. Because He loves us. Isn't that exciting? You were created so that God could show His love on you. He could pour out on you. James 1, 18 in the, the NLT says, He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possessions. You are God's prized possession. I know I said that a few weeks in the last couple of Christmas messages, but I think about that. Let her see. God's love for you is unconditional. Come on, it's unconditional. You can celebrate during Christmas because God's love is unconditional. Check this out. God's love for you on your worst days is still the same. Isn't that awesome? When you think it's all ending, God's love, even though people were saying, that, I mean, did anyone miss the end of the world this past week? Even on that day, God's love is unconditional. Isn't that awesome? He loves you regardless of of your performance. He loves you regardless of your moods, your actions, your thoughts. He loves you regardless of your color. He loves you regardless of your gender. He loves you regardless if you're Republican or Democrat or Socialist or you don't vote at all. He loves you. That's God's unconditional love. Things change throughout life, but God's love does not change. That is something to celebrate about. Amen? Christmas is awesome. And so a lot of times as Christmas we see Jesus as little Jesus baby, baby Jesus. And he hasn't grown up for us, but he, he did grow up for us. He was crucified for us. He was buried and then he was resurrected so that we could celebrate during the season. Amen? Because God's love is unconditional. Amen? The second part of Christmas, why we should celebrate, number two, Christmas is a time to celebrate that God is with you. God is with you. Amen? How many of you, you have a car, the, the, the letter A, it says God is closer than you think. God is closer than you think. How many of you have a car, your mirror says objects are closer than they appear? Right? Some of you seen that? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> some of you are like, whatever, Pastor. So on cars, on some cars, vehicles, there's a mirror, you know, and you're, you look out the back, back side and it says some objects appear closer. God is closer than you think. Amen? He is right here with us right now. Regardless of what you think or feel, He is with us. Amen? 
You see, the problem is our little finite brains, which are very powerful. They're, they're bigger than the, the, most, the largest supercomputer in the world, and it can do a lot of things, but our, our finite brains cannot conceive that God can be everywhere at all times. And that's mind-blowing for all of us, because we, we want to have to be able to explain everything. Let me give you a little hint. If, if you can explain everything about God, then He will not be God. If you can explain everything about how He exists, you, you will not understand God, because God is infinite. His, his wisdom is beyond us, but His love is for us, and He's with us. Amen? He's with you. He's not limited. In fact, Psalm 103.19 says, check this out, The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. His kingdom rules over everything. He rules over all creation. Letter B. The presence, God's presence has nothing to do with your feelings. How many times we say, I don't feel God? How many, I've said that. I don't feel God. But you know what? God doesn't matter if you feel Him or not. He is still here. He is with you everywhere you go, everywhere you walk. Well, I'm, I'm a bad person. That's why God loves us, because we need to be set free from that. And it doesn't matter how you feel, the presence of God has nothing to do with your feelings. So you should celebrate during the Christmas time and every day that God is with you. You see, our emotions, our emotions can fail. They're, they're fallible. They're susceptible to any kinds of influences. I mean, your emotional state can be the result of what? Memories, hormones, medicines, Food, lack of food, sleep, lack of sleep, tension, too much TV or fears. Our emotions can change because of all that. But that doesn't change that God is with you everywhere you go. I read in the scripture earlier, Emmanuel, God with us. That is a reason that we can celebrate. Amen? Christmas can be celebrated because Jesus goes. And check this out. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 139.7, he said this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence. He said no matter where he went, you can read that another time, he said no matter where he went, God was with him. Isn't that exciting? In what you think might be your darkest days, what might you think might be your lowest moment, God is with you. Amen? You can celebrate. I, mean, I was thinking about, sadly, the tragedy that happened in Connecticut. God is still there. I, think about, I was thinking about this morning when, when, when I got the call. It was... A, it was... A, um, uh, it was um, it was a nighttime. I get a call from my brother, Stan. Your mom is in a coma. You need to come. You need to come to Colorado Springs. We were living in Salt Lake City. It was about a ten-hour drive. I said, I can't. I can't drive there in time. He said, You got to come now. We, we got the last flight out, and we got there. I think about when my dad passed. Those were dark moments. They were sad moments. But God was with me. My dad. On a Saturday night, I get a call from my brother. Dad is dead, Stan. And so, God was with me. And so. I survived. I'm sad that they, they're gone, but God was with me. He gave me strength during those times. And in your darkest moment, God is with you. Amen? Check this out. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, check it out. God says, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God is with you. Amen? Christmas is the time to celebrate. Have a party. Come on now. Come on. I know sometimes I'm driving along and I think we've got to get gifts for them. We've got to do this. And I can get bah humbug. But I think, this is Jesus. Jesus gave me life. Jesus gives us life. Jesus gives us hope. The third thing. The third thing. Christmas is a time to celebrate that God is for you. God is for you. Not only does God love you, not only does God with you, but God is for you. Isn't that exciting? Come on. You should be shouting, jumping, cartwheels. Maybe not. 
God, remember letter A, God is not out to get you. You see, people have this warped view. Yes, God is holy. God is a just God and He will deal with sinners. He will deal with rebellion people, rebellious people. But more importantly, He gives love. He gives grace. He gives opportunity for us to repent. He gives opportunity for us to come into relationship with Him. So the first thing, letter A, God is not out to get you. Say that. God is not out to get me. Say it again. God is not out to get me. You see, if you look in the Scriptures, many times it says, it says, for you, not to get you. Right? How many times in the scriptures have you read it says God is out to get you? Can someone tell me? How many times? It doesn't say God is out to get us, it says God is for us. Remember, he says to, to Mary, God is with you, God is for you. Joseph, God is with you, God is for you. You see, oftentimes, a lot of times, we get this, this messed up concept that God is up there with a big bat. And he's just ready for you to make a mistake. He's, he's got this music stand and he's waiting. He's just waiting. He's like, come on. Come on, son. I can't wait to... Go ahead and sin. Come on. Go ahead. Come on. I'm ready to thump you upside down because I'm sick and tired of you. If that was God, then we would be in trouble. That's not God. He is for us. Not against us. Because if he was against us, we would be dead. We would be burning in a lake of fire right now. God is a gracious God. Amen? So God is for you. He's not out to get you. He is for you. Isn't that exciting? He's not up there in, in heaven and a lot of us have this mindset that God is up there saying, I told you. I told you. You're such a fool. What an idiot. No, God is not saying that. He might at times. But He's up there saying, I love you. In fact, check out the Scriptures. Check this out. Jeremiah 29.11 I know I read this a lot, but I want this to be in your heart. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Does that sound like a God ready to thump you every time you make a mistake? Come on, God is for you, not out to get you. Amen? Matthew 20, 32, Jesus stopped and called, and called them. He says, what do you want me to do for you? He asked, of course. And he's saying, hey, I, I want to help you. I want to heal you. I want to save you. I want to provide for you. Isn't that awesome? God loves you. He's waiting for you to call out to Him for your needs, for things. And then Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? You see, God is for us. Amen? Come on, amen? He is for us. So the second part of this then, Christmas is a time to celebrate that God is for you. Let it be. No, No one wants what's best for us more than God. No one wants what's best for you and for me more than God. No one else knows you better than God. No one else knows what you need better than God. And He is a loving God. And He cares for you. He wants the best for you. A lot of times, sometimes God's best is to withhold what you think you need. Right? Come on, amen. Can I get amen to that? You see, a lot of times we get our our need and our wants list mixed up, don't we? Come on, right? I need that billion dollar paycheck. I need this. And God says, you don't need that. That's going to hurt you. So let me give you what you really need. That's a want. And sometimes God gives us what we want. He does. He does do that at times. But God knows you better. He knows what you really need. And He he doesn't want you to run from Him. He wants you to run to Him. You never have to run from God. Run to Him. He will always care for you. He will always give you what you need. He will always love you. Amen? Amen? In fact, in the Bible, I think over 365 times, it says, Do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid. Think about that. You math people have already thought this up. That's one do not be afraid for every day of the year. Isn't that awesome? So you don't have to fear. God is for us. Do not be afraid. Amen? Stop listening to the fear of the world. Stop listening to, to, the, to the Mayans or the Mayas or whoever they are or, or the next person that's going to come and say that the end of the world is coming. The Bible is very clear. It's Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour that I'm going to come. God will come again. So be ready for that. But don't live in fear. Be in expectation. Be ready to run to Him. Amen? Run to Him. Amen? The second part, letter, I'm sorry, third part, letter C is do not be afraid. I'm already on that right now. Do not be afraid. Where does fear come from? Where does fear? Some people say it's, it's a lack of faith. And sometimes it is. But I, I think fear comes from a couple primary sources. One, sometimes it's a guilty conscience. Yes, we messed up. Okay? We, we did something wrong. We know we were wrong. So we're living in fear. I think the other part, and please don't, I'm not trying to call, I'm not being mean, but it's ignorance of what God is really like. Fear comes from, from guilt, from, from us doing wrong, but it also comes from us not really knowing what God is really like. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. You see, God wants to force out fear from you. He doesn't want you to live in fear of punishment unless you're sinning, then He will call you to Him to repent. You see, guilt means that you're insecure or makes us insecure. And isn't it funny sometimes, your friends that aren't Christians, that when you, again, and, and then again, it's illegal to say Merry Christmas in places, and I, I, I've been doing this at stores when I go, and because Hanukkah's over, so I can't wish them Happy Hanukkah, you know, because it's Christmas now, right? Right? And so, so now people, when I leave the store, I try to beat them to what they say, and I'll say Merry Christmas. And some of them smile, and they go, oh, Merry Christmas to you. And a few of them are like, Happy Holidays. And I'm like, hey man, God bless you, you know. And, and so some people, go, and when you mention God, they're like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, uh, the light, uh, get away, get away. And it, but see, the light is what changes us. And it's because they're guilty conscious or because they're, they're rebellious lifestyle. And they have this weird concept. And they, they stiffen up, you know, like, I'm going to run over, you're a weird Christian person, go away, you know, at work, you know. You know and, you're, and you're saying Merry Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And they, they, they seize up. It's because of there's guilt. Or it's because they don't understand who God is. Because if then, you should tell them John 3.16 and John 3.17 says this, that God is mad about us, not mad at us. Amen? Think about that. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Does that sound like a mad God? An angry God? And there are times God can get angry. He has emotion. He can be grieved. But for the most part, He is a loving God and He wants you and I to know who He is. Amen? He came to erase your sins. He came to fix your, your failures and your mistakes and set you free of your regrets. In fact, John 14.27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not, not as the world gives you, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Isn't that awesome? Do not be afraid. So the, the, the last thing I have on this is this. It's time to really celebrate Christmas. Number five is it's really time for us to just really celebrate Christmas. Amen? I missed a, I missed a note, didn't I? God will never abandon you. That's on uh, number two. I'm just trying to be in a hurry because I want to be done by noon. But if you want to write that down, number two C is God will never abandon you. God will never abandon you. But I want you to stand with me this morning. You see, Christmas is a time for us to celebrate. And Rick Warren, he's, he's a very famous pastor of Saddleback Community Church. He said that when he was about three years old, he asked his mom and dad, why do we celebrate Christmas? And they said, 
they said, they said, Rick, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. And he said, all right, we should have cake and Kool-Aid. And from that point on, on Christmas Eve, they have a birthday cake for Jesus. Go ahead and stand with me if you're ready. And so this, this, this Christmas Eve, this Christmas, I want you sometime, not because of me, but I want you sometime to say, Happy Birthday, Jesus. Well, you know, theologians and historians say Jesus probably wasn't born during this season. But you can still say, Happy Birthday, Jesus. Because His birth has changed the world. And it's time for you to celebrate Christmas. Amen? Celebrate, whether we celebrate it in May or April, or we celebrate in December, to celebrate what God has done for us. That God loves us. Amen? That God is with us and God is for us. Amen? Those are three great things for you to celebrate Christmas. And to say, you know what? This is a joyous time. I can celebrate Christmas. You know what? Maybe, maybe 2012 wasn't your banner year. But 2013 can be a better year if you go into it and say, you know what, I'm going to celebrate that Jesus has set me free. And that God is for me and not against me. And He has plans for a, a future not to harm me. Amen? So this morning, I just want to give you opportunity. Just I'm, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm just going to give you opportunity just to say, you know what, I want to thank Jesus for coming for me. Just, just stop for a moment and just say thank you. Just take a moment. If you want to pray quietly or under your breath or just... Just take a moment and just tell him, thank you. And now with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, and I could not go away from this day because we did say in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this morning, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. The Bible says that whoever calls the name of the Lord will be saved and whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in the heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, they will be saved. Maybe this morning you've never given your life to Jesus with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. And you say, you know what, Pastor Stan, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand and say, I want to accept the love of Jesus. Okay. Any more hands? All right. Put your hands down. Now everybody pray with me. Everyone pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept your love for me. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Now... Fill me with your love, your purpose, your peace, your power, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Congratulations for those of you that that made Christ your Lord. So uh, if you want to talk to me about that, you, you can. But I want you, as we're going into Christmas Eve tomorrow and then Christmas Day, I want you not to live in fear anymore, amen? Because God is on the throne. God is for you. God is with you. And He, he wants you to, to feel His peace and His love. And He cares for you. He loves you. He's with you. And He's for you, amen? So come into this new year renewed with love. Celebrate Christmas. When you hear the Christmas carols, and it's kind of funny, I was talking to Olivia and my kids, and I was at the grocery store sometime this week, a couple times. It's been pretty interesting. That I, you know, you know, they put the music over the head, you know, and sometimes people sing it. But I have never seen more people singing and joyous than through the Christmas season. I mean, and all the stores are crowded. But I mean, every time I go to the store, they have a, a Christmas carol going on. And there's a, there was this guy that, and he was just singing out the song, and he was happy. And I think that's awesome.